Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi and welcome to Two Pints of Maggots and a Packet of Hooks, the fishing podcast. Welcome to this very special edition, which is all about Riverfest. I've managed to track down the brand new 2021 champion, Mr. John Locke, and grill him as to how he amassed that huge weight of bream on day one and uh, make new records for the Riverfest championship. This episode is so special that we will not be diving into the press pack, nor will we be looking into the tackle shed. It's straight into the big chair for the big chat with John Locke. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to the big chat. And as I said in my introduction piece, it's a really exciting one for me because we've got the brand new Riverfest champion of 2021. It's Mr. John Locke. How are you, sir? Yeah, good evening, Dave. Yeah, yeah, well, couldn't be better, really. Um, Fantastic weekend, fantastic event. The river's fished brilliantly. Mm. It's been diverse weights, different species. what a, what a match it's been, really. Um, no, and, and, and to win it is is something I never really thought it would happen, but it just goes to show you've always got a chance. No, absolutely. And it's an interesting one for me because I did a similar, I'll probably call this like a Riverfest special or something like that. And yeah. I did a, a Fishermania one with uh, Harry Bignall not far long after he won um, that. And I guess there's a few parallels between the two because... It's not that you chaps are unknown, it's just that you weren't necessarily the favourites per se. And I think what's great about both of these wins in Fishermania and on the natural, uh, the Riverfest, is that it just goes to show is that given the right peg on the right day and the right tactics, anybody can win. And that is the beauty of fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons we go. We will. We go. One of the attractions for me is 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 that unknown element, and I think when we all start fishing as as boys or whatever you do, you, you're always fascinated by that unknown in the water, and <laughs> that has carried on for me. That exactly. And what we'll do is we'll dig into that a little bit. I actually normally have a bit of a a theme to these, which I'm going to throw out of the window. Normally, I do something called what's called past, present, and future. So we talk about how you started, where you got up to where you are now, and then what your plans are. But because your keep nets are barely dry from Sunday, <laughs> and it's all in your head, I want to try and we'll dive straight in with the with the river. Yeah, sure. yeah. If you don't mind. So first of all, a massive congratulations! Absolutely, it's just a phenomenal thing to win. Um, can we start with the qualifier? 
where was it that you qualified and, and what weight, etc.? Can you can you take us back to yeah, that? Yeah, I'm a quali- qualifier. I, I booked, I think, four or five qualifiers, and they were all <clears throat> on venues I know reasonably well in the locality. I, I live in Derby, yeah. Uh, so kind of in the Trent Valley, and I fish the Trent a lot lower and, and upper. Um, I think I'd booked three or four on the Trent and one on the Saw. And it was the first one I fished this summer was at Caythor, which is a few miles downstream from Burton Joyce. So not not a dissimilar venue, to be honest. Uh, very, very good match venue, in my opinion. <clears throat> Again, a diverse selection of fish to go for. You can... You could you could have a winning weight from the same peg by two people doing something completely different. There's no rights or wrongs sometimes. So uh, it was early season. It was uh, July, and I I had been and had a little fish there uh, before I started my new job, which has kind of put paid to me midweek fishing nowadays. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'd had a little fish there. I'd got some ideas, and the thinking I'd got behind it that there was quite a lot of bream in the river, but there didn't seem to be any particular sort of favoured areas. I, I got the f- impression they were roaming about a little bit in shoals. And I think the tactic I employed then was to pick me particular spot on the peg I drew. I drew about five in from the match length. Yeah. Uh, from the end of the match length. The, the downstream end pegs were obviously highly fancied they, they, they looked great as well they were uh, just coming out of a bay and into a, a bit of river where there was some tree cover on the far side and my peg was quite quite open quite shallow at both margins both the one I was sitting in and the far bank which kind of forced me to fish it into the uh, centre of the river was the, the line I particularly fancied to centre or just past the centre maybe in seven eight foot of water and it was just a question of then concentrating on that area and waiting for the opportunities, which would have been these fish coming through. And it was about an hour and a half before I caught one. And they'd caught below me, certainly two pegs below me. I think he'd had three before I had one. Uh, but I finished up with eight, uh, eight bream. And there were fish, six of them were perhaps two and a half to three pounds. And then I had two, two bigger ones that were maybe four and a half, five pounds, and a small selection of roach perch as well. So had you made your mind up that this is it, you know, I'm going to set my stall out for big-ish fish? You wasn't yeah, yeah. to fish the bowl or anything like that? Well, I always had some float tackle set up as, a, as an alternative in case absolutely nothing is happening, but mm. um, I, I'd sort of got the impression that, that I would be fishing the tip for most of the day. And, and waiting for the opportunities. And the match was very similar to the qualifier the previous year, um, which again was won with people catching the odd bream. Mm. Um, it fished a little bit better this year. I weighed 28.12, I think it was. It's not bad, is it? No, no, it was a good day's fishing. Um, any 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 day you have on the river and you catch double figures of fish is a good day, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yes, I was, uh, I was lucky to... to Get a couple of visits from the, the passing shoals and uh, sort of capitalised on them when they were in my swim. Twenty-eight pound and, and rightly so. It's a it's a great river weight as it stands. Um, let alone for a qualifier. Do you remember what the other two was? It two or three 
or four zones? What was it on your? There was three in that particular one. Um, I think the I would have been in the C zone, the lower end of the match, the downstream end. I think the first zone was actually one off peg one, so the upstream end peg. I think he had about twenty pounds. I think the middle zone was slightly less. That was one with maybe high teens. Um, and then the, there's better weights were in my zone. There was another 23 or 24 pound weight as well. So uh, every fish was critical in that, that situation. What are your thoughts on the trend at the minute, John? I mean, it's just fishing absolutely brilliant, isn't it? It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're fishing yeah. for barbel, bream, um, carp. I mean, crikey, carpangers yeah. are doing really well. Pike, perch coming into the fall now, into autumn, and, and just the silverfish sport is phenomenal. What is it about the trend these last few years? Yeah, when it did seem to go through a period where the fishing did really drop off, and that did coincide with the sort of closure of the coal-fired power stations that were uh, putting warm water back into the river when they'd been when it had been through the process. So I think it just took time to rebalance itself. <clears throat> In, and now we're seeing the trend probably as it should be naturally without any external influences in it. But I think that period where it went from being a slightly industrial river to a completely natural river, it took it did take a few years to rebalance, but now it's healthy, it's a lively fish. The small fish and every single peg in the margins. Um, so they're obviously successfully breeding as well, which bodes well for the future. There's, you know, and as a match venue, it's uh, that middle section of the trend has everything. I believe from a mutual friend of ours, my, our old friend Scott Johnson, that sort of yeah. he calls you a bit of a bream whisperer. And uh, <laughs> this, this has been demonstrated then from the qualifier and now the final. So let's have a, let's jump to the final then, John. Let's yeah. think about this day one. It's a record-breaking haul. Was it £94? £94.7, yeah. Yeah. And um, what was your thoughts then when you drew your peg and you got there? Drew your peg. Um... On the obviously the the roadside section is permanently pegged for yeah. for the purposes of this match you get two two permanent pegs so the numbers don't really mean anything until you've had a look where you are on the on the permanent pegs if that makes sense and, so, and do you know the stretch well by the way I've I've fished it <clears throat> I have fished it a long long time ago uh, in club matches or so going back into the nineteen eighties. Mm. and, you know, traditional sort of northern Midland sort of uh, pub clubs, working men's clubs, teams used to go with and using them as <clears throat> match sections on that middle section of the trend. It tended to be quite a lot of chub fishing then. There was a lot of those smaller size chub up to sort of two pounds, which often they were the match winning fish, but there was always lots of roach there. And millions of gudgeon as well, from what I remember. Um, but I have fished it a few times in recent years. Um, not a particularly successful record there, although I've had some good <laughs> days fishing. You know, I've had a couple yeah. of, sort of minor section wins. More on hard days, that was, where you didn't need to catch so much. Uh, I've actually caught any bream there before on that ah. section. <laughs> I've not landed on them. 
but I've caught nearly every other species there. Yeah, including eels and barbel and everything. So yeah. you draw the peg, and is it, if you if you've never caught a bream there before, how confident are you of of putting a few in the net if that was your well, plan? Not not on any sort of recent form that I know of. Um, had they been caught there? They certainly hadn't been caught there in the practice match the Saturday before. But there were some excellent weights of roach and dace on that section. And the talk was that they'd be the fish that would be dominant in that particular part of the river. Yeah. So five pegs upstream, I mean, got a very famous peg at the Stoke Bardolph Outfall, which is absolutely stuffed with small fish. There are probably a lot of big fish there as well. But there's that many days and roads to go at. I don't think many people really gamble on going for anything bigger that might be sitting slightly further out. It's an outfall peg. I'm, I'd be amazed if there weren't barbel sitting on it. Yeah. Um, and there's perhaps chub as well that roam about that area. But it's a it's a good great peg for catching twenty to thirty pounds of small fish usually, and it can be a match winning peg that as well. I certainly think that the qualifying matches where whoever's drawn that peg has tended to do quite well mm. yeah and who, who was on the noted pegs in your section do you remember well that, that is the noted peg uh rich alexander was on that so a good friend someone i know very well from the circuit we fish on on the trent and the saw um upstream of me i got nigel bull who had had a good result there the previous week, uh, only a couple of pegs from where he drew, and again, yeah, excellent, excellent pole angler for Roach. Um, so it's certainly a <clears throat> tough competition. So no, I'd, I'd went to my peg not really with any sort of preconceived ideas, apart from knowing the fact that there were lots of smaller fish there to catch. Mm. Um, but then, the key to it was, it was a really calm day. There was not a breath of wind in the morning. So sitting on the bank, I could see everything that was happening in the river. And I did notice some signs well across the far side. When I first got there, a couple of smallish swirls, not great big bream humping out, bats <laughs> first sort of thing. Yeah. You know, like you traditionally would see in a um, a, a misty pool. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It wasn't as obvious as that. It was more smaller movements under the water. And when I looked more carefully, I could actually see small patches of bubbles coming up. Yeah. So the, there was a couple of cormorants working along that, that side of the river because it obviously shallowed up towards the far side. Well, that kind of made me mind up that 10 minutes sat watching the water. Gave me gave me some confidence to uh, to actually attack it with a, yeah. a big fish approach. Um, and I think if you've got seen some signs of something in the in the water, like I say, it's going back to when you fish as a fish as a boy. You know, if you see something, you know, you're intrigued. You use that you use that bit of knowledge you've got on the day. Whatever's happened there previously, you know, use that to, to your advantage. Yeah. Um, because sometimes. You know, the fish aren't always obviously where you think they're going to be. So it was a question just getting me feeder rod out, putting a big bomb on it, 
put an ounce bomb on that wasn't quite enough to get out and and to be able to assess the depth so I changed that ounce and a half that got me the correct distance uh, to I think plumbing around see but there was no obvious shelf in the in the water it did shallow up the further across you went there was uh, much deeper down the middle it's maybe 11 foot 12 foot down the middle perhaps um but the, the area where i'd seen the fish were probably only sitting in maybe five foot of water how far was the how far was the chuck it was 75 turns on my reel which is wasn't a big reel it's not one of these big pit reels it's an old shimano one with a, a fairly narrow spool uh, so I would imagine that's perhaps 65 yards. Oh, it is a chuck then. Crikey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, when you when you're going over there, you you're bringing everything back through the uh, the most powerful part of the river, which was straight down the middle, where it was deeper, and obviously there was quite a lot of pace there as well. Yeah. So you, your kit wise, uh, what sort of rod, I guess, was you using to, to and tip to to yeah, get that well, far out? I mean, the rod I use, and um, I've bought this rod actually second hand years ago. Uh, they don't make them anymore. It's a it's a Drennan River Feeder. It's called. Uh, it's a, just a, an excellent rod for this type of fishing. It's very very stiff in the midsection, which um, I think is important because it enables you to really put some pressure on on big fish in flowing water. And what's that, 13 foot? It, it's actually a, a strange length of 13 foot 10, so it's ne nearly 14 foot. And I think the advantage of that longer rod, that extra foot of, foot of, from a normal 13 foot rod, on the trend you've got a lot of sections where you've got rocks and things quite close in. Mm. And often these fish, even the bream, the hard fighting fish, and they will, they will, use those snags to their advantage and try and get in them. So I think that longer rod really enables you to act it as a lever to keep them off that. And when I hook one, I stand up as well. I stand up and keep the rod high. Again, something I'm a big believer in in clear water. Um, I don't think the fish are particularly hook or line shy, but I do think the changing of your hook length, actual length, can really work you some extra bites out at times and sometimes i think it's just the fact of how your bait is in the water it's sitting off the bottom sometimes they're not they're not often taking it like you would expect bream to do hoovering things up off the bottom i think sometimes they're taking it when it's sitting off the bottom you can imagine it in a flowing river like that with a long hook length with a relatively small hook bait i don't think your bait is going to be always on the bottom it's going to be just off it and what about ground bait then, John? What's your thoughts on, uh, I mean, you're talking about a big shoal of bream here and a big, powerful river. And as you've said, probably between, I don't know, six to eight foot as that shelf's coming up. Yeah. What are you putting together to sort of hold a, a potentially large shoal? And in a final, I'd be nervous about attacking it too much, but, I, you know, you've got to do for these size well, of fish. There's, there's, there's two ways of, of looking at bream fishing. And the two approaches are, when there's fish right in front of you from the start and when there's no fish in front of you. And I think you have to do that slightly differently depending on which situation you're in. Obviously, there was fish in front of me, so it didn't require loads of bait. I maybe had eight, ten casts 
with a relatively small feeder, small cage feeder, you know, one of those with about four or five squares in it. Yeah. Uh, you need a little bit of extra lead on it to hold bottom because obviously you've got the the powerful water down the middle picking your line up all the time. Um, but you fish it, you know, relatively as light as you can and a bow in the line. Big bow, yeah. Yeah, so you just just so it was bumping on the bottom. So I started off with a feeder that was holding bottom, and I did change to one that was actually moving. That's interesting. So, yeah. So often you know, I think people can be preconceived about bream that they're always feeding on the bottom, they're sitting there hoovering everything up, and often they will feed more like chub sometimes, particularly on the Trenton when it's clear water. So tell me about um, the mix. Was it a specific um, one that you use on the river or was it it's something that you were trying? Yeah, I'm a big believer in fish meal ground baits in small quantities. So not loads of ground bait, small quantities of high quality bait going in. But if it's shallow water, like I was fishing there, I do then mix it with some brown crumb. Because that makes it a bit lighter and it will just come out of your feeder quicker which I think can be important. If it had been deeper water, I would have no problem with a fish meal mix mixed meat with nothing else. Because that tends to be a little bit stickier. And you, you'd perhaps be fishing with a um, a, a conventional open-ended feeder rather than a cage feeder. Because you you would be wanting to get, you wouldn't want your bait coming out in that first couple of foot of water. But in, in the depth I was fishing, I didn't have a problem with that, with the little bits of bait coming out on the way down. Yeah, no, totally. So, I mean, that you've set the scene there nicely. Of, so, you've sat down, you've seen that this fish potentially across, you've mm. worked out, you know, you've got that big old uh, rod there that you know that's going to do the business if you hook these fish yeah how did you feel when it first sort of bent over and you've got that first one lying in the net did yeah you think, i was, I, was uh, I, I started fishing uh, i like to always have a few casts and and just feed a little bit of caster without any chop worm just to see uh what the reaction is of fish and i tend to use maggots on the hook for the first few casts and often you can pick up a nice roach or something like that on red, you know, red maggot hook baits. But I never had a bite off one of a roach or a, normally you at least get one little perch fishing like that to start with. But nothing, no. Um, so then it was a question of just introducing some small amounts of chop worm with a few casters in, a few dead maggots. And I was actually putting one grain of sweet corn in me feeder each casting all right what's the thinking behind that i think in clear water i think sweet corn is a an excellent thing to have going into your swim in small quantities i think the visual aspect of it and the fish are inquisitive even if you don't catch fish on it mm. i think it does attract fish to your swim because um, it's very bright, very yellow, and then they do like it on some days. I've caught plenty of bream on sweet corn as a hook bait, and it's a great alternative hook bait. You may only catch one fish on it in a match, but sometimes if you've stopped getting bites, grain of corn on, go in, and you often get a bite straight away on that, but you may not get another one. So doesn't doesn't do any harm. little handful of sweet corn lasts you all day. I actually got a story about that because... Ten minutes before the start, I'm thinking, all right, I've got a tin of corn in the back of my van. Obviously, you're parking behind your peg there, so 
I went to the went back to my van, opened it to the cup, managed to slash my finger on it. So, no. Yeah, for, the first thing I've done is it's caught me. I've got blood dripping out of my hand, so I got bits of uh, first aid kit, put a bit of antiseptic cream on it, load of plasters, waiting for it to stop bleeding. Um, patch myself up and <laughs> ready for the storm. Right, plasters on your fingers, they just come off eventually. Yeah. Get wet. So I, I had to uh, had to do a couple of running repairs through the match as well. Oh so, my word! Yeah. So yeah, it didn't start brilliantly. Uh, I had that, and then first, actually first cast in, uh, cast out. As I was bringing my feeder back across the river, it got to mid river. The rod has just suddenly gone over. Which I suspect was a big pipe, which has grabbed the feeder as it's feeder, yeah. coming up through the water. Anyway, that that was on. That wouldn't let go. I'm trying to, well, I knew what had happened. You know, um, you could tell it was lunging about through me swim. It, this pipe was eventually, probably after a minute, a minute and a half, it did let go. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I got everything back, hook and everything. So. Yeah, so yeah, not the not the best of starts, but um, <laughs> forty minutes in, I've not got a fish in the net, nothing, not a small fish. And I could see anglers were catching regularly around me, roached small days. What makes um, you stick at your guns then? What makes you stick to the to the bream? Are you just confident that you're going to get? Well, them? the fact that I, the the fact that I had seen some uh, some observations that there, were, there was fish in the area gave me a lot of confidence to. To stay with it, and it's it's a method I, I love. I love fishing that way. Anyway, you don't get to big finals that often, um, and sometimes you, you've just got to go with your instinct. You've just yeah. got to block out the fact that you're fishing a big match and and fish how you see it in front of you. You're seeing people around you catching these, you know, bits yeah. and bobs, and and you're sat there fishless for forty minutes. It, you know, I'm thinking putting myself in your shoes. I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, it, you know, you're not going to get there. Uh, you know, you don't get so many finals, like you say, and, and it's one of those where I'm in it to win it, absolutely. But yeah. I don't know if I'd have the bottle to, to, to hold out. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God that you did. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, it's, uh, it's it's a method I use quite a lot. That. And I mean, you have to have a bit of luck in matches as well. I mean, the, the luck I had was that the anglers either side of me weren't fishing that the same method as me. Um, if all three of us in a line would have been fishing the same, it, it would have been a totally different result, I'm convinced. So you do need that bit of luck as well. Um, so, and obviously so you can't influence what anybody else is doing, but sometimes that, that can work to your advantage. I, I'd swapped and I'd started to introduce small bits of small bits of chop worm and started fishing with worm hook baits and Maybe maybe that was coincidental. Maybe if I'd been fishing maggot hook bait at that time, I'd have caught them the same. But it did seem to be that they wanted the uh, the worm hook bait. Mm-hmm. And then I got one about four pound, and then I think I had four in four casts. So brilliant! From not having a fish for forty five minutes, after an hour and a quarter, I got sixteen pound in the net, which totally changes things. And then yeah. I did see. Uh, a few splashes from feeders going in around me. And is that off putting? No, no, no. You, you, you've just got you, you've got a thing your own your own way, and you know it's your peg for the day. You you've got to do it how you see on that on that day. Um, you, if other anglers decide to 
to join in on that method, that's uh, that's their peg, and you you you've got to accept that. You know, it's, there's no there's no point in in thinking about what everyone else do, is doing. In my opinion, just uh, fish your own peg, your own match. Well, tell me about the buzz on the bank then. I mean, you've covered off their sort of tactics and and how you approach the 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 swim and and obviously how it's developed but what about the buzz on the bank you're catching these bream you know there's cameras behind you there's live streams on facebook and all sorts going on yeah Uh, people asking you questions and whatnot was there any did you attract a crowd when did you know that you were starting to win this competition well i didn't i didn't know that at all well and, and i just knew i was catching well and you know when you're catching fish of that size you always know you're going to be in with half a chance at least um, but there are some noted bream areas in some of the other sections, and the impression I got was that if I'm catching them here, I bet they're catching them somewhere else. Of course, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there ain't just one shoal of bream on that, that bear river. There's probably multiple different shoals of them. Um, so yeah, I did, nobody really said anything too much. I'd heard there'd been, you know, I heard people behind me talking about saying someone was catching some good barbel. Um, but yeah, so it was just just only question. I was sat slightly into the river, so it was an awkward bank as well. So nobody could really get down too close to you. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all rocks at the bottom and everything. So, and the fact that there was people on the bank didn't really bother me because because I was fishing so far across the other side. True. Yeah. Um, it was never going to spook me. It's a, it's a public road alongside the river on there. Maybe if you'd have been catching them closer in, it would have done. But uh, I don't think it was going to upset them too much when you're 60, 70 yards away. Mm. So the, the weigh-in then comes, and obviously yeah. you, you know you're, you're sort of 30 pound in the in the uh, in the red, if you like. What's your thoughts then for day two? Because for the listeners that are you know unaware of of this competition, Riverfest is over two days. It's over Saturday and Sunday, and it's on weight. Yeah. Um, so there's no points involved. There's no section points or anything. It's it's pretty much a, a weight game. So you know you've got a reasonable advantage. Yeah. Um, what's she thinking for the next day? Attack again or consolidate or or what was the thought process for no, day two? No, no, just 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 really see see where you, where you were drawn. Um, obviously, if I'd have drawn a peg where there'd been barbel showing or or a peg with potential beef fish, yeah, I would have I would have definitely. Definitely had a go for them at some yeah. point. Uh, whether I'd done it all match or not is probably doubtful. Um, but like I said about the trend, it's a live fish at the moment. So on every peg, there are something to go at, whether that will be dace or nice quality roach, or even some of the deeper pegs where you can fish like a, a chop worm method and catch all sorts of things that live on the bottom. Actually, the peg I drew on the second day was relatively shallow, more of a small fish area. So I was, what, seven, six or seven pegs from the end of the match section. So, yeah, good area. They they caught well there the day before. with some really nice roach weights. Uh, I think Rob Casterton had 27 pounds. He was slightly further upstream of where I was, where it's just a touch deeper. Uh, But there was certainly lots of fish in that area. So, right. Thoughts on that was, yeah, you've always got a ledger rod set up just in case. Uh, but really, it was concentrate on, on float tactics and aiming for double figures, really. So I'd got a target weight of 
£10 plus to catch on the second day. And, and just just enjoy myself fishing fishing float tackle. Yeah. And not really worry too much about who's drawn where or what anyone else was catching. Brilliant. Yeah, like laid back Larry. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> quite a stressful job sometimes so you know when you go fishing it's uh, it, it's 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 an enjoyable experience for me whatever the fishing situation whether that's scratching out two or three pounds on a hard winter canal match or whether you can relax and do some bream fishing on, on, a, on a river in the summer so yeah you've got to enjoy it once you stop enjoying it that's uh, there's something wrong no, no, absolutely. So tell me then, what did you, was you fishing the pole or stick floor? Yeah, I, I did start on the pole. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, fishing the pole for small fish is not my my strongest aspect. Um, I do love, like every, every match angler, I love to catch a net full of roach. Um, I particularly like catching them on casters on, on a stick float or a wagon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, pole, pole tackle. Pole tackle. Um, I did try and whip closer in, but that didn't get me anything. Maybe it was slightly too shallow for that mm. um, that type of fishing. So I actually fed a line at 13 metres, so edged my bets, put some ground bait in there, caught some fish on that, and, and loose fed casters and, and hemp over the top of it, hoping to attract slightly bigger roach into the swim as the match went on. That yeah. didn't really work out, if I've got to be honest. Um, I did catch a few, a slightly bigger roach, and I caught some, you know, not huge, but nice sort of three-ounce fish. Mm. Uh, put a little run of them together um, by fishing a stick float, actually, slightly further out and downstream. And then I tried to sort of catch them on pole tackle with a lighter rig. Uh, unfortunately, then I, I did experience a little bit of pike trouble. In one of one of which I ended up losing my entire rig, oh. uh, when a pike grabbed a fish and then he grabbed another one, and I kind of lost my way a little bit in the middle of the match. Started loose feeding heavy, and that that seemed to attract more and more small days into the swim. Mm. Uh, so eventually, I just thought fish for these. I picked up a little waggler rod and fished that shallow up in the water. We caught quite a lot of small days, so. Well, not the best way. Probably could have done better. Uh, what was it on day two? £11.7. So, still a nice day's fishing, you know. You've hit your target. You said double. Yeah, double. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine quite a number of anglers on that match would have, would have caught quite a few pounds more than that off that peg. Uh, but like I say, I'm canny enough to, to know my shortcomings. So, um, I was happy with that on the day. So, Not 100%. So then word on the bank starts filtering through, I guess. Was there any yeah, nerve um, then? I didn't really know who'd drawn where. Uh, a friend of mine, Andy Stark, he was on the next peg downstream. He's a, a, a very good big fish angler on the Trent. And he was obviously going to go for it. So he was like an indicator as well. I could... I could see what what you know he was fishing swim feeder tactics and also feeding heavily down the middle of the river, um, mm. hoping to catch maybe one or two large barbel to to boost his weight. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a, that was a good indicator that you know they weren't really feeding in that area. Maybe they weren't in that area. I don't know. Um, it's not a, where I was. It's certainly not a noted noted bream area. 
that's for sure. I think you would be more likely to catch a barbel there than than, than Breen. Um, so yeah, yeah, just carried on with the float tackle and and just tried to keep putting something in the net really, um, keep plugging away. So yeah, nice days fishing. Also catching lots of small fish. It kind of keeps you. Your mind concentrated as well. Once you have weighed in, though, what is was there a big crowd behind you? Was it a word on no, no, there was no. there was a few anglers there. There'd been a few spectators, and uh, there wasn't there wasn't loads of people there particularly. Um, I mean, obviously, as I, as the match progressed, I'd heard someone talking. Adrian Whittle was had caught some bream, particularly yes. the first hour. He got off to a flyer apparently, and uh, from the same peg I had. Um, but then you know, sort of. Somebody come down later on and said, "Well, he's he's, he's not caught. He's caught some, but well, then it's kind of everything's gone off a bit. Whether they've spooked or whatever, or whether the fact that it's been fishing for two days and um, but he wasn't adding any more to his, his total. Um, but again, you you can't influence what anyone else happens on anyone else's peg. So yeah. you, it's." Uh, if, if someone had caught hundred pounds of bream on the second day, then fair play to them; they'd have been a worthy winner mm. to do that. So, was it back at HQ when you found out that you'd actually won? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, as uh, the angler was lying second, Colin Beach, who called the barbel on the first day, I saw him when I got back to the ferry boat pub, and he told me he'd weighed. I think he weighed fifteen pound. Uh, Roach. So again, he's had a, a nice day's fishing, um, <clears throat> but I kind of knew then that uh, what I'd done on the first day turned out to be enough. Yeah, no, fantastic, and it's yeah. one of those. The, the like you say, we said at the start of this um, of this chat around the sheer variety. I, I think I saw a couple of interviews. I think Dave Harrell was one of them, and he spoke about just, you know, it really is a bit of a kitchen sink job. You need to yeah, bring yeah, everything yeah. and, and yeah. set everything up because you just don't know what's going to work. And you look at some of that, I think it was I think it was Cameron Hughes, actually. He was probably the pick of the bunch of in terms of silverfish weights. I think he had 52 Oh, he's a terrific angler on Yeah. On those uh, those 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 venues and, and tremendous pole pole fishing uh, techniques he's got. Well, when you consider that him and Matt Godfrey have not long got off the plane from the World Championship yeah. straight into a big fight. Yeah, and it's Steve Hemingway as well. Steve Hemingway, it's not Sean bad, Ashby. Is it? Yeah, yeah, they're all there. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey, it's a proper feather in your cap. So actually, speaking of the cap, that that image, <laughs> I wonder image, when this is going to yeah, come. Yeah, yeah. The image of getting the uh, the trophy, obviously, you got the old flat cap. Right? Is is there a story behind the cap? There's, there's no there's no particular st- story. Um, it was when was it? Several years ago, when I first joined Scott's team to fish in the Saw Valley Winter League. Um, I mean, fish. I used to wear, you know, baseball cap, census baseball cap, or whatever. Yeah. And I just saw this cap. I was in town in one day, and there was a shop closing down. <laughs> I think, it, I think it might even have been Greenwoods. You know, the old uh, gentleman's outfitters. Um, and I don't know why. I just saw it in the window, and it was like a waxed sort of flat cap. I thought they're great. They are because you can put a bit of a peak on them. Probably waterproof as well. So, he, and it was like half price. It was only about eight quid. 
because um, they were trying to get rid of them. I'm surprised. Nobody yeah. else had bought one. Um, so I just I just picked it up then and started wearing that, and uh, it kind of stuck then. You see, you know, yeah. being, uh, <laughs> a little bit of ribbing from your teammates, and of course, once something like that sticks, then that's it. Isn't it? you've got to do it. You've got to keep it on. Hey, if a flat cap works for Bob, it's, beca- it's kind of it's kind of become a slightly lucky omen, lucky omen. So I don't quite feel uh, quite feel the same without it. Although the first day, I have to admit, I did actually wear a a peaked cap instead because the sun was so bright. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was just it was, that was purely practical reason. I'm afraid sentiment had to go out. I've got the I've got the cap in the van, but you know, so it was with me. As long as it's with you, it's like an extension now, isn't it? That's brilliant. My yeah. girlfriend, she bought me a new one at Christmas, but it's just not the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same now. I love it. Well, let's flip things around a little bit then, yeah. John. So normally I start these podcasts asking, you know, how people began the fishing, how they began the yeah. career. I mean, well, yourself, and I believe, I think you do a bit of junior coaching, don't you? And, uh, and yes, the like. yes, I do, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Earl of Barrington Angling Club in in Derby where I live. Uh are quite proactive on junior days. Um great friend of mine, Steve Clamp, who is uh tremendous uh sort of pike angler, big fish angler. He was a, a teacher in his professional career, uh, and he's sort of since retirement has taken this uh, this role on as a uh junior um coordinator and Brilliant. we we run days which i help out on um several ones throughout the year on some of the still waters we have around here and it's open to all juniors not just juniors and any novice angler can come along whatever age it's uh there's, there's no age limits but it tends to be tends to be junior anglers whose whose parents will bring them along and either stay and watch or drop them off and pick them up later and yeah, we have some great days. We have some great days doing that. And and the the excitement you see on people who've not been fishing before when they catch their first fish, yeah. whether it's a, a little rod or a perch or whatever, is it just takes you back to when we've all been we've all been there, haven't we, Dave? <laughs> well, is is that how it started for you with a in a club? Yeah, my dad's a, a keen angler and still is. Um, he 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 was a, a match angler and quite a handy one in his day um, when we were growing up in Chesterfield, and he fished lots of matches on particularly the Trent and places even like the North Bank of the Neen. Um, yeah, yeah. Different venues on that, and sometimes I, I tagged along, and I I just loved that sort of big match atmosphere in the days. And, Bloody hell, they were big matches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, these were like three, four hundred peg matches, some of these. Uh, and it, that's when the the match angling bug caught me. And I thought, yeah, I want a bit of this as well. So, I do you remember your first match? Yes, I can actually. Um, it was a small club match on a small lake called Walton Dam in Chesterfield. Uh, didn't catch a great deal, but I weighed in, and that was important to me that I actually weighed something in. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I uh, I fished in junior sort of regional um, national champion. I fished in the junior national for some reason. I don't know why. 
Um, but I certainly fish like regional ones, and I can remember winning a small trophy for winning a section on the River Wharf in Tadcaster. Oh yeah, where I caught some eels and. Um, caught a couple on a stick float and then I think I changed and fished a bomb with a red worm and fed some eggs. I caught some more and weighed about three pound on I think which was enough to win me a, a very small trophy but meant the world to me at that time. I bet it did. Do you know what John I've never caught an eel. Can you believe that? <laughs> you would have done if you went to the north bank of the Dean in the 80s. Well, I've just been to the Norfolk Broads and tried my damned hardest yeah. to catch one as well and still didn't. So <laughs> I don't think eels are for me. Must be because they know I don't like snakes. But that's a great story of um, winning that little trophy. And it's just those tactics, isn't it? I, I did a, a, a podcast with uh, Clive Branson and he, he had a similar story. He was he won his first match fishing um, silkweed. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I can remember people telling me about that, fishing that for roach. Yeah. On the hook, trotting it down in fast water. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah, certainly something I don't think anyone's tried that for a long time. <laughs> I bet they have. Not haven't. that I know of, anyway. Um, but you never know, do you? You never know. There's all sorts of weird and wonderful ways. What is um, your preference now, then, John? Is it rivers or do you still. Oh, yeah, still I've always been really a river angler. Yeah, I do like a bit of still water fishing, um, mm. particularly in, in sort of the, well, what used to be the old closed season. Mm. Um, I will always then have a couple of trips and maybe try and catch some tench or something pleasure fishing. But they're sort of, you know, quite quite rare, rare days. I don't really have a lot of time for pleasure fishing now. No. Uh, not that I don't like it. It's the fact that, you know, I have a, a busy job and, and, and sort of weekends are tied up with, with matches, really. Mm. Commercials, <sighs> not for you? No, not, not really. Uh, I never... To be fair... Um, Sort of, there was a time, but it it, it kind of coincided with when the commercial boom was happening, which would have been what twenty five years ago. Yeah, nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a time where I didn't. I sort of dropped away from match fishing, and, and there was no. It wasn't the fact that I didn't like it. It was more personal circumstances and the time I'm involved. I did, you know, a busy job and a young family, and sort of that. That, that whole day away of a weekend, um, and I used to work a lot of weekends as well, mm-hmm. um, there just wasn't the time for it more than anything. But I, mm-hmm. I I always knew deep down I would come back to it. I always knew that. Yeah, never sell your gear. Never sell no, gear. never sell my gear. But I've tried all sorts of different fishing. I do actually, strange enough, I do really like a bit of sea fishing. Do you? That sounds strange for someone coming from Derby. And maybe that's why I like it, because it's different. And... Certainly once or twice a year, I will go and have a, a trip somewhere to the coast and do a bit of beach fishing off the shore. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really like beach fishing. Um, certainly when if you're fishing off a beach and it's in into the uh, into the evening and that, there's nowhere nowhere more atmospheric than that. There's something nice about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had some I've had some good days. I've caught some some big smooth hounds off the Lincolnshire coast, and uh, I caught some some cracking place up in Morecambe Bay. 
and yeah, it's that's lovely fishing that because often you don't have to fish very far out for them. No, and that makes me laugh when I look at these lads yeah, um, yeah. beach casting. They try and chuck it as far as they can, and actually yeah. nine times out of ten, the fish are only at like the second surf. They can be, yeah. So so yeah, I, I, I do like different aspects of fishing as well. I've done a little bit of pike fishing. Never got into carp fishing. That didn't really do it for me. Um, but certainly, yeah, I, I do like to I'll be on session fishing. If I go pleasure fishing, I would not really take my match tackle. I would tend to say, all right, I'll go pleasure fishing. I'll try in summer, I might try and catch some, some tench or winter, maybe catch some chub on the, on the River Derwent or something like that. So you're fishing for less fish, but, you know, maybe slightly better quality ones on, on, on different tactics. So, yeah, and it's, you know, that type of fishing, I've always got a couple of rods made up where, that I could grab. And, you know, sometimes a couple of hours is all you need. Of course it is. Well, tell yeah. me about the, um, the the team side of things then. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. something you obviously enjoy. You've been fishing for yeah, teams for yeah. a while now. So, yeah, I, came, I sort of came back into match fishing maybe seven or eight years ago. I was just stopped fishing a few club matches again. Um, like I said, I, I always knew I'd come back to it once I'd sort of got a little more free time at, at, at weekends. Um, it also coincided with me having a job which was mainly night work as well. Um, so often that gave me a, a Wednesday free as well. I could manage my sleep patterns through the week. I could go and fish <laughs> one of the midweek Wednesday matches as well, yeah. uh, depending on, on where I was in the country. So, yeah, yeah, I came back into fished a few club matches and um, got in touch with Scott at the... I can't remember how, how I actually got in touch with him. Whether he was looking for anglers to join the Winter League team or whether I just turned up there. Anyway, um, got in touch with Scott, so I hit it off with him. Um, fished a couple of little matches he ran on the saw and he said, yeah, can you, you want to come and join the... Winter League, Saw Valley Winter League team. I'd not really fished the Saw very much at that point. Um, I'd fished it once or twice, and I'd fished it once or twice years ago. Uh, and I can remember my first uh, first Winter League match, and I drew up at Kegworth on the boatyard section, which not the best of draws in the early early match because the fish tend to move in there when it's cold. You know, and then, it, and then it can be really good. It can be full of roach then. Um, but this was like the first weekend in October and low river, brilliant weather, T-shirt weather, even though it was October. So the fish weren't obviously up in that section. There's always fish there. Um, and I got some boats opposite me and I decided to fish purely for big perch um, and my theory on that day was in the in the bright conditions the fish would sit away would be away from the pole line the bigger fish anyway would be away from the pole line and sitting under the boats in, in some shade so I fished a small bomb and let it roll under the boats and uh, caught some couple of fish there really and then uh uh, I changed and fished a little feeder with uh, chopped up lobworms in it and soil um, mm -hmm. to plug it. 
and fishing half a half a lobworm on a size eight hook and actually won the section that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I think I had it's done in kilos, but I think I probably had around fifteen pound in weight. Lovely. So there were some big perches, well, yeah, yeah lovely. Pound a couple of them. So yeah. So yeah, and uh, I've I've fished the Winter League ever since. Ever since, it's, yeah. it's nice. It's the first time I've fished the river this year. Oh, I've never even seen it before. Story. It's lovely. It really. It will is. just be starting to come onto come into its own now. Um, sort of from now between now and 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 Christmas, it will be at its peak, in my opinion. Um, could do with a little bit of water going through it. I think it really is a river that benefits from some mm. extra water in it. No, it's one of those. Um, I can't really explain what I thought when I when I stepped over onto the bank. I just thought, do you know when you you get a feeling, Stroy? Yeah, I, I like this. Even Lovely if I don't catch today, yeah. Even if I don't catch, I just like it. Yeah, and it was just one of those yeah. sort of feelings. Really yeah, it's nice. It's a great place. venue, um, and it's 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 a great great match venue. All right, the access isn't as good as it is on the Trent, which is probably. Um, why there are more big matches on it. Um, I mean, we never we never used to think like that years ago. We used to just walk across the fields with your Shakespeare box on your back. It's all the gear we've got. Yeah, yeah. but pole pole fishing has kind of increased double the amount of gear you take. Mm. Um, when you were just fishing rod and line, it, it, was, it was easier. You know, you didn't. It, I've walked a mile to pegs years and years gone by. Yeah. And didn't really think I was younger and fitter then, though. But um, yeah, uh, so certainly that that aspect and fishing poles now. Obviously, you have rollers and all sorts of paraphernalia going onto your onto your onto your seat box mm. to enable you to fish comfortably. Um, so you obviously increase the weight you're taking, and if you walk into a section where you might have bridges and styles to go over and it's it's awkward really to unload everything and load everything on again that's right despite that it's still a great venue um i love it i love fishing it well while we're on the subject of the saw there is another big match coming up soon i think it's in about two or three weeks time and that's the saw championship so i imagine imagine you've got your name down and another title (laughs) another title to get into your flat cap yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's um, that'll be on the Sutton Bonington section. So again, it's the probably the most popular of the match sections. That it's it's a bit like a, a canal there in a way with some flow. Um, it's a lot of the banks been sheet piled on your side, so nice comfortable pegs. Often you're fishing off a kind of towpath. Um, but, but then there's there's bits of it where the far bank is quite natural and um, yeah great venue um, loads of bream in it again um, they can be quite moody on the saw the bream um, some days it's like there wasn't isn't one in the river and nobody in the match will catch one and then other days whatever sparks them into feeding they'll be coming out all over um, but there's lots of other fish to go for there's loads of roach. Lots and lots of perch, lots of perch, and quite a lot of skimmer bream in the, uh, which tend to I find sit in that middle section of the river, almost in the boat, what you'd consider the boat channel. Um, so they're always an option to to fish for. A few eels as well in there, is there not? Yeah, some great big eels there. Yeah, and tench, a lot of tench in the saw. 
mm. a lot of tanks. So yeah, well, um, you can you can actually approach uh, that river with a um, a chopworm approach, which can be highly successful um, on some pegs, particularly when them them bigger perch will probably be feeding on fry a lot at the moment, but. It won't be long before they start getting their heads down and you'll start catching lots. Of well, them. absolutely. They'll be, they'll be getting their head down ready to spawn come yeah, that's January, right. yeah, February. Seems be, see, there seems to be a, a point in the in the year when they uh, start feeding on, on anglers' baits rather than all the fry in the water. And it won't be long before that happens. And you can actually win matches with them. You know, well, fingers crossed it's in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, you, yeah well, I'd say there's plenty of reaming there as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if Lapsic day somebody somebody nails a few of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. Well, good luck with that, that is yeah. for sure. But I, as as our sort of theme, if you like, um, talks a little bit about there, your past, etc. What What are the plans now then? Have you worked out how to spend your money yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go on eBay and buy another one of those uh, redundant feeder rods I've got, see if I can find one of them. <laughs> Sounds good, eh? I'll have get a, in there before have a, have you. a replacement. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that'd be a good investment. Uh, no, no, not really. Um uh, I certainly, uh, certainly probably, I certainly won't be buying any uh, any large amounts of fishing tackle. I, I think I'll have a, uh, a a nice holiday next next year with my partner Julie. Um, and yeah, I really love Italy, and um, I quite like to go to the to the Amalfi Coast or Capri or just somewhere different that I've never really been to before but somewhere I've always I don't know just like Italy I've been I've been there um I just think it's a great country I just like <laughs> I just like the people there they just they just I, just, I kind of fit in I kind of fit in with them really hey and I love their fishing as well over they there love so. the fishing yeah and great food and they're very demonstrative and yeah fantastic um, there's, there's a lot of culture there as well um so it would be something like that that would be that would be nice because that'd be something special i want i want to do something mm. something that that i wouldn't perhaps normally do yeah now good and 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 it's well earned that is for sure so i, I guess now it's saw champs winter league coming up yeah yeah um, saw champs yeah winter league will be will be on the saw pretty much every sunday now up till sort of the beginning of december yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, again, can be can be great fishing and uh, great great bunch of lads to be with, uh, with our team and, and also the other teams and you, you get to know people from the other teams equally well and I, I enjoy meeting up with them, sitting behind, having a pint, just chatting. And plans to defend the title, of course, for next year. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a few goes at qualifying. I did actually qualify last year for the final. Um, didn't have a particularly good final and quite a poor peg on the second day. It was a different different type of river. It had rained very, very heavily on the Friday night and all day on the Saturday while we were fishing. And the river came up a couple of foot on the Saturday night and was rising. Um, so... You know what it's like, rising rivers. It can be really good in certain areas, but it can be absolutely dreadful in other pegs. Yeah. Uh, I had a very, very poor peg, which was quite weedy and difficult to fish on, on, on a rising river. So, yeah, yeah, I'll certainly 
certainly, certainly be booking a, a few tickets at least. Um, I won't go mad and chase all over the country. Um, I'll, I'll stick to the to the areas I know, the venues I know, sort of the, the middle trend and the perhaps the sore if there's one there again. And, and and see how it goes. Yeah, there's some uh, some fantastic fishing. So whether whether you qualify or not, there's the great matches, the qualifying events are great matches to be involved in, and the, the the sense of anticipation in it as well, knowing what the prize is at the end. Um, that's what we that's what we do it for. That's the you get that bit of a buzz from that from just being involved. I agree. Well, John, that's been an absolute honour for me. It's probably the first time you've you've gone through it in any detail. It won't be the last, and that's for sure. I'm pretty sure that's uh, you'll be asked many times about how that match went. And as long as that record stands, that's another another feather in your in your cap as well. So yeah, well, record records are there to be broken, and, and like most things like this, you know, fishing matches, the, the moments in time, mm. um, same same pegs on. Different days and can be totally different. Yeah, so that's fishing for it's sure. Right place, right time moments, and 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 that's that, that's the way I like to look at things. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Very yes, modest Dave. of you as well. So cheers for joining me. Thank you. Thanks very, very much. much, Dave. I'll see you soon on the bank. Teddy Fisher Baits specialise in the manufacture of fishing ground bait and additives. We combine a 40-year-old proven fish catching recipe and the experience of our skilled team. Fishing is an adventure and here at Teddy Fisher we strive to make that adventure a success. Go to www.teddyfisher.co.uk to see our full range of For all your fishing needs, be sure to check out Fishing Evolution. Boasting two floors of branded displays, visit our recently expanded superstore at Hadley Road in Sleaford, where we offer a huge range of tackle from all of the leading course and cart brands, such as Nash, Fox, Corda, Drennan, Preston, Guru, Daiwa, and many, many more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram where we share all of the latest news and updates about products available in store.